Welcome to Camp Adulthood and the Resident Youth. I am Maddie Yergi, the Resident Youth. I am Shay Keats, Camp Adulthood. This is our first telecommuting episode. Yeah, so we're super exciting. Um, if it sounds like shit, uh, sorry, not sorry. We're trying I mean, our best. I'm listening in the headphones, and it sounds pretty good. Like, I think this might be our best episode because we don't have to worry about the tape sync. It's pretty. Oh my God so easy to edit i know producer jenny is gonna you be excited just kidding producer jenny we love you even though it took me like 45 minutes to set this up it's worth it it's worth it <laughs> yeah. uh, awesome okay so let's get started yay so would you like to introduce our esteemed guest before we go into millennial moments shay so we're doing a short interview with a very old and dear friend of mine. We've invited her to come on today because she's a badass lady scientist. Woohoo, with- bad lady scientist. I love it. I love it. So, and Amy, you should feel free to jump in at any time if you have opinions on anything. I know that really well. Exactly. Yeah, we like opinions. We're really <laughs> into it. Um, but we'll get more into your this during your interview portion, but just real quick say, well, obviously you're Amy, but... Um, the year you were born, where you oh, live, and tell us about all those fancy science degrees you have. Okay. Because we're going to be talking so, about science. Yes, a little bit. Um, <laughs> so, and I was born in 1984, the woo-hoo, best year. Woo. Sorry, uh, <laughs> and It's fine. I am from, I was raised in Franklin, Pennsylvania with Shay. Yes. Beautiful town of Franklin, PA. Yeah. Um, but I currently live in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania after moving around a little bit around the country. Um, and I have a degree, a bachelor's degree in environmental science and a master's degree in environmental studies. Um, one awesome. from, so my bachelor's is from the University of Scranton in Pennsylvania. And my master's is from the University of Colorado in Boulder. So, yeah. Sweet. That's it. Awesome. Well, before we go into more of our topics, I'm going to be selfish because we usually do this at the end. And I feel like people don't listen because we still only have 15 Twitter followers. 15 Twitter. So. I did Twitter and then I didn't. And then you didn't Twitter. Okay, go, Maddie. Shade is not Twitter, so it's fine. Don't No hard feelings. Um, But to incentivize people to use the social media, which is at camp underscore adulthood and to email us at hello at campadulthood.com and you can visit campadulthood.com because i've been working very hard to put links to articles and relevant things that we talk about in the episodes and i feel like no one reads them so please check that out so i feel like my efforts are not for nothing but the most important thing subscribing and rating and reviewing on itunes so to incentivize people to do this I am going to, hold on, I had it pulled up, and it has since left me. Um, I'm going to read two very different um, reviews that we've gotten. Ooh, both no. both really delightful. Oh, oh we got, oh, <laughs> I just got really excited because I was like, we got another review, and guess who it's from? Your dad. Producer Jenny. Oh, <laughs> well, better than no one. She says we're very relatable, so that's nice. That's nice. I'm not yeah. going to read the whole thing from producer Jenny because she gets lots of shout outs. But thank you very much for reviewing the podcast that you yourself are a part of. That's very nice. Um, oh, we, yeah. can, we, we can read this one from Nasty Natalie 22. Oh, she nasty. gave us a five star review. She says, never felt better about being a millennial. Interesting stories showing the broad range of millennial experiences. Looking forward to a broader range of guests and topic as this podcast takes off. Thank you, Nasty Natalie. That's awesome. Delightful. Should we send Nasty Natalie, if she's listening and wants to send us an email, should we send her a prize? Yes. Well, she lives in Germany, so oh. it'll it'll be a, a transatlantic prize, but yes, we should. That's, you know, we can do that. Yeah, totally. So, Natalie, if you're listening, thank you for the delightful five-star review, and... Your comments was very much appreciated. Oh, love it. Thank you. And if you leave an excellent review, like Natalie, or if you leave a one-star review and you have criticism, we will read it, shout you out. So, And you may get a prize, even if you hate us, and we hope the prize <laughs> It'll be a good one. I can't wait till we have haters. Shay and I have talked about this, and like I'm really gleefully excited for it. 
Me too. It's probably bad. Okay. okay. So now that we've plugged that, we can go around the room, so to speak, and give a millennial moment of the week. Would you ladies like to be in? Um, well, so, our, so Amy is curious as to what a millennial moment of the week is. Well, maybe uh, we can give her some examples. Yeah, yeah. So an example would be like, um, uh, would be like dealing, like I'm trying to think of a good one. Why am I totally blanking? You well, there's, there's, there's different types of millennial moments. It could be you got a promotion at work. You did something really cool. You bought a new car. You, that I think that was Shay's a couple weeks ago is that she got a new car. You got a dog, something like that. That's like really positive. Or it could be a trash bag story, which is a lot of my millennial moments. Like when I lost my phone or got too drunk or wore sweatpants to work one day in an unironic fashion. Yeah. So any of the above could work. Okay, I have one, and it's just something that's happening right this moment. Oh, hot take, hot take. <laughs> um, I am sitting in a room with a giant centipede that is not in a cage, <gasps> no. and a giant spider that is in a cage. And what? I'm to remain calm, but I'm freaking out on it a little bit like a small child. Is it a pet? Is it a, a pet? The uh, spider is a pet. Is it the a tarantula? It is. Oh. Its name is Lisa. Yeah, her name is Lisa. She's a Chilean rose-haired tarantula. Are they fun pets? Like, can you cuddle with them and pet uh, them? No. no, like, well, my it's actually my brother's, and when he moved, I, like, inherited it. So he used to, like, have her, like, crawl on his shoulder, and, like, Whoa. he would pet Scary. her. Um, I don't think that they're, like, the same as, like, having, like, a, Puppy. a dog or a cat. Well, you know, their, their neurological systems are not quite equal. Whoa. Like, their brains are yeah. not, you know. Hardwired. Yeah. Spiders are awesome. Interesting. Full disclosure, awesome yeah. animals. Yeah. <laughs> That's very I, cool. I'm not bothered. The adult mature house part centipede of me, is what house that. centipede is just not gonna bite you. No, they just they surprise eat bad, me. I think they eat bad bugs. Okay. We'll just shout out to when Benson ate a cockroach under my bed during a recording one time. Benson will protect you yeah. from this. Well, I want to say Benson and Henley are also, Henley is Amy's six-month-old puppy, and they are both being excellent guests today. Yes, well, I haven't heard any random noises. This is excellent. Excellent developments. Because they're both sleeping, and Benson might also be dead. Not oh. 100% sure. <laughs> Sad day. Well, that's an excellent millennial moment. No. Um, I have a millennial moment that is not super trash baggy. But I um I've been interviewing for a new job. Yeah, I, yeah, I know you're gonna get it. I'm so proud of you. Um, yeah, we'll see if they if they give me a competitive offer. I really want to take it. But um, I basically I had to do this like assessment over the weekend where they they sent me a thing and I had to like build a financial model, and it was like really hard. And there was a lot of steps, and I think it was intentionally hard on purpose. Like yeah. I think. I think they wanted to see how well I pre- like prioritized an impossible task, you know? Like, I think they knew that it was impossible to kind of get through yeah. in the allotted amount of time. So, but I, uh, yeah, I basically did it in my underwear, and I made Corey, my boyfriend, get me an Egg McMuffin, and then I sat there and ate the Egg McMuffin and kind of plopped through this this activity, and I was like, well, this could go any number of ways. And then they emailed me a day later and they were like, we're so impressed. This was great. And I was like, really? If this job will allow me to uh, work in my underwear and eat Egg McMuffins that have been hand delivered to me by my house boyfriend, that would be excellent. All right. Uh, Our guest Amy has a millennial moment. Yay. What is it? Counts or not. It totally counts. So today um, I was out of the house, we'll say, and I brought a banana with me as a snack. And oh, no. <laughs> instead of eating my banana, I threw it in the garbage and I bought a Reese's cup. Oh, <laughs> yes, that is totally. <laughs> that is a great millennial moment. Excellent. Just like no, it's not happening. We've all been there. We've all been there. Two lunches and dinner today. <laughs> Just because I could. That's amazing. Yeah. Um. Awesome. All right. Well, shall we dive into Amy's illustrious background? 
Yeah. So Amy's told us a little bit about her experience as a scientist. She currently works as a consultant mm-hmm. for um, a firm. And what your clients are mostly... Um, I like industry people. Industry. So that yeah. means what is what is the industry? Um, it could be the energy industry or okay. even just like regular land development industry. So like if you're building like, I don't know, like a, if you're building anything like a subdivision or a hospital or if you're doing like a revision on an existing site or something like that. So that's what it is. And what has been, and so you go in cause you're a wetlands specialist. Do you even mm-hmm. have a fancy certification that says so? I just got that. Yeah. Fancy. Um, so what does that mean? Like you go in, so say someone, I'm building a McDonald's mm-hmm. and my favorite I, establishment, her favorite. Yes. Their favorite. breakfast is delicious. It's delicious. I know. Um, what would you do? What would your role be? Yeah. So basically, um, before something is built, I'll go out and I'll assess the, the raw site. So it's like what we would call it is the green site before they develop it. Um, and so I'd go out and I would look for things like what we, what, what I would call freshwater aquatic features mm-hmm. like, um, wetlands or streams. And I basically like identify them, flag them out. We have like different classifications we assign to them, which helps you kind of like rate them to, to tell like how valuable they might be or what their ecosystem functions are. And then, um, I would flag them out and we try to like plan the project accordingly based on where they're located. And Amy, why is this important? Um, well, I think it's important because, um, I think part of what we do is help, um, help like people coexist with nature because I feel like partially like, so like the business world and the environment is something I've been interested in for a really long time, even Mm -hmm. since being in college. And I feel like there's sometimes like a communication mismatch between them. And so I feel like working, my role, like working with businesses, like helps, them sort of like see why parts of nature are more valuable or how we can plan projects to like protect things but still build their project like it makes if you can kind of make things like cost effective for everybody or like appealing to everybody it's a good thing so I feel like that's that's part of what we do but I mean we basically do like it's it's client-based so we try and help our clients get their projects built like that's our role our role is to get these projects built um, and help our our clients meet like all the permitting requirements, everything that they need to do um, to get stuff built. And so. that's while minimizing the negative impact on the environment. Yeah, because yeah. that's part of the regulations that we follow. So like part of federal and even some state regulations actually require you to minimize your impact to these features, cool. which is the only reason I have a job. Yeah. <laughs> so and like I said, we basically help clients like navigate those existing existing regulations um so as a lady scientist what have been some challenges that you've faced in your career that now is almost 10 years years or any benefits if there have been any I don't know um I don't know I feel like I was thinking about this a little bit I mean so I'm a I identify myself as a feminist for sure and so I think about this stuff a lot a plus plus Yes, the F word. Um, so, so, um, yeah, I think that the, at first I was thinking that there weren't a lot of benefits, you know, like it's easy to kind of focus on like the negative things. But the more I was thinking about it, I think that being a woman does, it affects the way you look at things. And because, I think because there have been some roadblocks and I have had, you know, not just particular people, but just, I feel like microaggressions, especially like, yeah, yeah, it's something that you literally deal with every single day. I work at Um, a bank. So I, I feel that very male dominated environment. It happens. I I definitely been like, and I mean, certainly the company I work for now is awesome. Like they have great policies and they're, they're really awesome when it comes to that. But like, even just interacting with like when I wasn't working, even in academia, like it can be pretty sexist there too. Like it's kind of crazy actually um, that scientists like pride themselves in like, I don't know. Yeah. on being being empirical. And it's like, (laughs) you're like, (laughs) LOL. Nah. Yeah. It's not interesting. But anyway. um, Yeah. So I think that, I don't know. I think being a woman does make you look at things a little bit differently. um, And you certainly, um, 
you certainly are treated differently, um, which can be, I don't know, I feel like it can be good and bad. It depends on how you want to, I don't know, spin it, I guess. Do you think it's made you a better scientist or it's hindered your inquiry, your line of scientific inquiry? Um, I mean, I don't know. I think that sexism hurts everybody. Yeah. So I can't tell you. I know that seems like really. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, yeah. But like, I no, a like, lot of people don't recognize that. It's it worth saying for the people in the back. I feel like it hurts everybody. So I think it has hurt me. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely do. Um, I mean, I've. So okay, I have a story. I won't say any names. It's all right. But names have been changed to protect the innocent. A great example is that, like, so I was moving to this like small town up in the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania. And one of the things we'll just call them my supervisor okay. said to me was, if you move up there, how are you going to find a husband? Oh, like, which- why do you care so much about my personal life? I yeah. responded, what? <laughs> <laughs> good response. Good response. Now, ironically, <laughs> Probably the usual way is what I said, but... That is where you met your husband, though, right? No, it isn't. I no. met him before that. Oh, you but... met him before that. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah, I did end up dating him and, like, getting married to the man I did, like, work with up there, which <laughs> was really ironic. <laughs> so I was able yeah. to find a husband, believe it or not. It wasn't on my list of top priorities in my life. It never really had been. Yeah. Um, I wasn't the person planning her wedding when she was... A little girl, I was the person who wanted to be an entomologist. <laughs> Not an etymologist, as we discussed earlier today. Fun fact, listeners. Entomologist studies... Insects. Etymologist studies... I don't know. The origin of words. There we go. That's oh, your... I did not know that. That's good to know. I don't know. <laughs> I, like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, that was a long-winded answer no, to a simple question. But I guess, yeah, I think it's... There are good things about being a woman in science. Yeah. Now, the other question I had for you, um, because I do think you're a really fabulous storyteller and you're so great at communicating. And, you know, one thing I've been fascinated talking about with you for years is, you know, uh, the state of our world and climate change. And I'd love to just kind of hear some of your general thoughts on where we're going and if there's anything that today's millennial can do to help mitigate these effects oh man that's a hard question i know please Um, solve all the world's problems right now 10 minutes go um so uh since i am a scientist i will say disclaimer i am not a climate expert for sure that's okay i mean i don't study the climate per se um but i mean i read a lot about it um so i'm kind of i mean as a scientist Maybe I have a little bit of a different way of looking at it, but I also kind of feel like since I'm not an expert on climate, I'm sort of part of the general public when it comes to this. Yeah. But um, I think that it's going to be scary, honestly. I think that we are in for um, a lot of changes and we can see some of that starting to happen. And I think think that it's not something to be taken lightly. It's going to change everything. Yeah. And I think that there's going to be, I'm like getting emotional about it. No, like... <laughs> I mean, I think, that, I think people should get emotional about it. I think that's important. But um, I think that, um, I guess, what can we do about it? I mean, there's a lot of predict, like models predicting what might happen, right? Yeah. There's tons of things coming out. And I think part of the scary thing is that we really don't know what can happen, but we have a good idea of what can happen. Like, so I would just say you should read as much as you can about it and you should know that it is totally happening. 100% like, um, happening. Um, Amy, can you, and it's fine if you just send these to us later, would you be able to direct us to any good resources I for like the general public to yeah. and post them on the website for people to read? Cause everyone's going to go to the website. Yeah. yeah. I can definitely try and do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, what can you do? Stuff that you can do, just like general things. I mean, I would just try and stop using plastic in general if you can. Yeah. Like only use it when you have to. Like the way that I see is that there are some things that we need it for, right? So mm-hmm. like maybe certain medical reasons. There are some people that can't live without it. Yeah. There are some medicines that maybe can't be made or 
transported or whatever without it. Like that's where we need it. We don't need it to drink our soda. Mm-hmm. We don't need it to, 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 you know, for other things like simple things like that. So yeah. I don't know. That's one that a lot of people talk about is minimizing like use of plastic, but minimizing your use of water too. It's a big one. Awesome. I think just educating yourself more on where things come from and how they get to you. Yeah. Like, I mean, where does any of this come from? Like, where does your energy come from? What, how is your energy produced? You know, like, yeah. I don't know. I think it seems kind of like a, maybe it's like a cop out answer, but like just really educating yourself about everything that you're doing and like where things come from. And if you don't know an expert on something, then like talk to people and see if you can find one and like yeah. really like make sure they are an expert. <laughs> fake news no like I don't know I mean I know climate scientists I know people that study ice cores I know people that you know age you know carbon date you know things and it's just I believe them when they tell me that things are going to happen and things have been happening since the 70s or even earlier than that I mean I believe them when they say those things because I personally know them but not everyone does And I think that's one of the big problems is that people just don't know. But I think scientists are getting a lot better at it. I can tell you that where there's a lot more campaigns internally where science communicators and science communication is becoming, you know, a career for people to take. Yeah, it's it's an amazing job. I actually I know some people who are science communicators, so Mm -hmm. I can even I'll talk to them and I'll see if they'll allow me to pass on their information. I'm sure they wouldn't mind. That would be so awesome. Yeah, but I think that a huge part of the problem is that, like you said, people just don't know exactly what they can do. And I mean, like I said, I'm not a climate expert. I'm a scientist. Even I don't know maybe what to do exactly. But I think it's really, you know, so internet listeners, I'm here in Pittsburgh staying in Amy's lovely home. Yeah, I feel like we should do, do you know, like back in the day when Matt Lauer used to do like Where in the World is Matt Lauer? I feel like we should do Where in the World is Shake Eats. God, I don't even know where I am half the time. But, you know, I just want to say Amy and her husband, Matt, live, you know, I can tell that they do things around their home to mitigate their impact, but it's nothing that has mitigated my comfort. Mm -hmm. Like the other day I was looking for saran wrap and there wasn't any saran wrap, so I made do with something else and that was fine. We don't use it. They don't use it. What do you use instead of saran wrap just as like a... We just have like glass containers that we keep stuff in. I mean, I've That's heard it's like reusable, paper, oh, yeah. but I haven't used it, and I'm a little. Okay. I'm gonna order some though to try it, so yeah. I'm gonna test drive it. I'll let you know. All right, let us know. But I, like I said, minimizing plastic is a huge. Well, like I can tell you right now that there are some people that I love that are in the hospital even right now. Yes, and they need plastic. Like, if they don't have it, they might not live. So, yeah. They are the ones that need it, not us. <laughs> so, Maddie, do you have any other questions for Amy? No, I mean, this is so fascinating. I hadn't, I just even sitting here right now, like, thinking about all the plastic that I've used just today that I could have gone without. It's very eye opening. Like, really bad at me right now. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Um, I, I did want to ask you just general thoughts since um, the pod, the theme of this podcast is the millennial generation, just whatever that means to you. Do you identify as a millennial? What are kind of your um, initial thoughts on the millennial generation as a whole? Do you have any things you want to discuss with us? Just your feelings on millennials in general is what I want to get to. Yeah, I um. I didn't even really know I was a millennial <laughs> until um, I started listening to your guys' podcast, actually. Like, I, I kind of read stuff about that, but, you know, like, the other thing about, like, studying science is that you sometimes do get blinders on for a couple of years when you're in, like, grad school. Yeah. And so the only thing you do is, like, really science, science, science. And so you don't, you're kind of out of the loop on some other stuff. Um, but I'm sort of finally getting back into it and reading other things. But, um yeah, I didn't even realize I was a millennial. Um, I think that from what I've heard about us, yeah, <laughs> yes, yes. Um, is that like I've heard a lot of people complaining about millennials this and millennials that, but I honestly just think it's 
kind of silliness. Like, I don't really feel like we're that different from any other generation. I mean, I feel like we've inherited a big mess, to be quite honest with you. I feel like, especially environmentally and ecologically and like, I don't know. It's just, I think we've inherited a really big mess and I think it's a lot to wrap your head around. Um, and I think that's, I don't know. I don't know if a lot of people realize how much of a mess we've inherited and I don't know what they will do when they find out, but um, I don't know. I kind of feel sad for us, honestly. Like a mess like, in, in what way? Are you speaking more towards like the climate change or like politically or economically? Like what is the biggest mess to you? Yeah, so I think I think it's climate change and I think what, knowing what climate change might mean politically mm-hmm. and for social justice. I mean, I think, um, you know, fresh water is an important resource. It's going to be the next thing that we're all fighting over. It's going to cause, you know, massive, I don't know, um, immigration and, you know, climate refugees that they talk about, you know, that's what's going to happen. And so I think it's going to cause a lot of issues. So I think all of those are related. I just read that by the end of the century, India will be completely uninhabitable. Like in the summer months, people can only go outside. Really? Like the whole peninsula or the whole subcontinent? I didn't see the exact which part of the... I mean, it's already so hot there. I'm not like shocked hearing that. People won't be able to go outside for more than a couple minutes because the heat index, which, and they were talking about how they established the heat index and it has to do with like... Mm -hmm. I did the article. I wish I could remember. It probably was in the Atlantic because that's my favorite. I read it all the time. Um, But they like take a thermometer and they wrap it in a wet cloth. And if it can reach a certain temperature in a certain amount of time, that means that it will be uninhabitable. It's already like kind of in the danger zone. And once we get that, you know, what is it? They, they predict that two to three Mm -hmm. degree increase. We're just fucked. (laughs) <laughs> well, Indians are fucked. We're not fucked because we live in the Northeast. Oh, but oh, yeah. but still, it's only a matter of time until it yeah. gets to us. Exactly. exactly. I think. Yeah. So I think that there. I've, so I've been in environment in environmental science for a, a long, not a long time, but like ten years. And I'll be honest with you that it's kind of depressing yeah. <laughs> sometimes. Like you kind of feel like, wow, things don't seem like they're getting better, but. Another thing that a lot of people remind me, um, the other scientists that I talk with, um, is that nature can be very resilient. Um, you know, people are really hard, hard on it and we're destroying a lot of things and, um, we definitely need to change the way we're doing some things, but, um, you know, some, I don't know, some part of nature is very resilient, so that's like there's like a little bit of hope maybe but not unless we change the way that we treat our environment i don't know yeah it's a part of us like how can you separate people from the environment you you can't we need it to live i mean it's like yeah it's like pretty basic i don't understand that's the thing like it seems so basic but then you add in so many other variables and people just don't don't make those choices because it seems and that's something I'm really fascinated in and I would love to read more about actually mm-hmm. is like what makes people choose these things? Like yeah. what is it? Is it money? Is it time? Is it just they don't have access? Like a lot of people don't even have access to fresh water. Mm-hmm. Like that's they don't yeah. even have access to like food or fresh water. It's terrible. Like, yeah. I don't know. Sorry, that was like yeah. a no, tangent. That's great. that's great. But yeah, so I don't know. I feel like for millennials, I do feel um, like we have a lot of responsibility. So we're inheriting a really big mess, but it doesn't mean that we can just like wash our hands and be like, oh, well, I didn't do it. So I guess that's it. Like, that's not the answer. That can't be the answer Mm -hmm. because then it's over. Yeah. So like the answer has to be, we need to figure this out and talk about it and learn more about it. And, you know, become more active in politics people don't like that but you know i don't know that's who runs everything (laughs) so exactly so we need to do this stuff it's maybe not our favorite thing but like i don't know it must be done yeah Yeah. and i feel like i'm i don't know being like so i'm 
husband and I have been talking about like having kids. And I honestly wonder to myself, like, do I really, one of the things I have to think of is like, do I really want to have children? Like, you're not the first guest that we've had that's expressed similar feelings. Yeah. Like when Elliot was on, he said the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't listened to his show yet. Elliot, however, it's also convinced he's only going to live to be like 50. So does he have a genetic? Well, he only has one kidney. Oh. Yeah. But I was Hot like, you're doing fine. I would just stop drinking so much and you'll be fine. Anyway, <laughs> that's bringing several episodes together. <laughs> so, um, anyway. But yeah, I mean, there are a lot of other people that have those thoughts, too, about whether or not they should have kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I just feel like we're yeah. one of those generations that has to actually think, like, will my kids have, you know, clean water to drink? Mm-hmm. Will they have, I don't know. What my kind of my response to that when when Elliot talked about it was think about our parents especially you know someone who's maybe a little bit younger like when my parents were alive you know they weren't thinking about it as much but older people like the cold war and the threat of nuclear holocaust i'm sure they were having similar discussions sure. within the boomer sure. de- generation sure Totally oh, very agree. interesting. Do we want to ask Amy your list of fun questions, Shay? Oh, yeah. So we're going to ask you oh, some surprise questions. I always pretend that I have a list, but then I just kind of make them up off the <laughs> I feel like I talked to someone about this this week. Yeah. I was, like, talking to a fan. And Ooh. they were like, I kind of like the fact that you guys don't have a set list. And I'm always... I can't anticipate the questions, and I'm like, good, because we just thought we were not prepared. Exactly. But people think it's part of our brand now, so I'm going to start, therefore, this week with a completely new question I've never asked before. Yes. Favorite animal? Penguin. Ah, good choice. Favorite childhood TV show? Um, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Oh. Uh, Favorite book? Oh, God. (laughs) Um, Amy and I both read a lot of things we were not supposed to be reading in like fifth grade or just just a book that you enjoy doesn't have to be your favorite um a recent book that i read gosh let's see oh i don't remember who wrote it but i read a book called the invisible sex oh it's about um sexism and archaeology and um it's really cool you should it's not like it sounds like a sexy book it's not like it's not a sexy book. It's about gender equality well, and archaeology, sexy. but it's really awesome. It like makes you think about um, prehistory in a totally different way. So um, I would recommend it. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, favorite place you've ever visited? Oh man, um, I went to Hawaii and it was beautiful. We went to the Big Island, Oahu, and then we went to Maui, which was really really beautiful. The plants were. Yeah. Hello, plants. Amy knows the scientific names of a lot of plants. I do. It's my Your job. favorite scientific name for a plant. Oh, um, gosh. Um, what's my favorite one? Oh, man. Um, I think I like... Oh, gosh, I don't know. I can't choose okay, one. Okay, how about, what is the scientific name for... Oh, God. The, <laughs> uh, American oak. Um... I can tell you red oak. Okay, red oak. So I can say Quercus rubra is oh, Quercus like is oak. That's I asked that genus. one because I knew that it was Quercus. Oh, so did I you? I'm very excited. <laughs> um, all right, Maddie, do you have any questions? Um, favorite movie that you've watched recently? Um, gosh, let's see. Um, okay, I Moana. <laughs> Did you see that movie? It's really good. Which one? Moana. Oh, yes. The soundtrack is great. Yeah. Really, really good. I love it. The song, like, at one point, this is really nerdy, but, like, the song that she sings, like, brought me to tears. Like, so pretty. The words were very inspiring. I'm a very, I'm a big lyrics person, so. Me too. Me too. (laughs) Um, And finally, I always like to ask, just because this interests me, your favorite year of elementary school? Um, gosh, I don't know. I think I liked, 
think I liked third grade. Mrs. Klinger. Yeah. That was a good year. That was a good year. That was a good year. I named one of my dolls after her. I know that's weird. That's weird. You know? <laughs> well, her and her brother were twins. Oh. And I had these, like, because my brothers were twins, and yeah. I had these little twin baby dolls at home. Oh. And so I named them Peter and Paula without oh. realizing that that was her and her brother's name. And it was, like, really that's funny. Very cute. Kind of weird, though. I don't know, kids, you know? That's great. Kids that's are pretty awesome. Kids are weird. Yeah. Okay. I think that's that's all I have. Gosh, really yeah. Thanks for joining us, Amy. Thank you so much. This is fun. Uh, so, Amy, you're welcome to stay and join in our uh, hot our campfire portion. Oh, yeah. Oh. Well, uh, first, do we want to read Young Jackson's email? Yes. I don't know if you've... Have you so, read it, Shay? I have not, I don't think. Okay. So, well, this is going to be a hot take then. Okay. So, uh, readers... Er, readers, listeners, and Amy. Uh, young Jackson is Maddie's brother. Oh, that's right. And yes. he likes to send us very interesting emails. He's the only... The reason why... Right. I mean, A, like, they're objectively funny, but B, like, he's the only person that, like, consistently emails us and, like, interacts with the podcast. So I'm trying to encourage people, like, if you email us, we'll read it. And we won't necessarily make fun of you like we make fun of Jackson, but... That's just special. Jackson is special. I can follow along. Um, or do you need me to read it? Do you want to read it? You did such a good job last time. I was going right. to try, but if I, I kind of like right. it when you do it. I'm ready. Okay. <clears throat> uh, subject. Help with my theatrical career. Make me famous and fabulous. Camp adulthood, comma, return paragraph, return paragraph. Just as a note, he writes that out. <laughs> I'm not adding that in. Uh, just checking in. How is the show coming along? That's fabulous. Anyways, I wanted to know if you guys could read my theater script or advertise it on your show. I wrote a play called Finally It Happened. Editor's note, what happened? <laughs> we'll talk <laughs> about it after. During my freshman year at college, uh, at this college in the Midwest, people play basketball and eat corn there. It's a solid play personal rating 10 out of 10 audience rating 4 out of 10 producer <laughs> Janae spelled J-A-N-N-A-Y uh, read my script before and said it was trash bag worthy but I tend to differ I will send you guys my script in just one second uh, picks up bag of goldfish starts munching on them oh. starts to crinkle the bag on purpose just to annoy his colleagues at work sets the bag down clicked on the attachment button and attaches document Ah, yes, I have attached the document. Enjoy the material. Buy cheap beer. Ted Cruz is from outer space, and California is expensive as hell. Good night. Note, or star, it is currently 3 p.m. Pacific Coast Standard Time. Ain't even nighttime. Kazam and bazoo! The words I used in the last email to heighten the intensity of my story. Using the words again to heighten the intensity of my email request, you have to say yes, thanks. Uh, love, L-U-V. Jackson, J-A-X-O-N. P.S. Have your fans follow me on Instagram at You're Delicious. Remember, famous and fabulous. That was... Oh, and then he did attach... Oh, the- yeah. Um, he titled it Jackson's Tony Award-winning masterpiece. <laughs> so, there's a lot to unpack here, I think. Let's start from the top. Um, 15 pages long. Jackson goes to Indiana. I don't know why he didn't just say that. Um, so he wrote he wrote this play like four years ago. Yeah. And it's really bad. I'll open it and read an excerpt. Oh, man. No, it's amazing. It's uh, maybe we, we can both open it and we can kind of role play together. For yeah, that's great. This yeah. sounds great. Um, I want to be Derek. Okay. But basically, I lived. The reason why he brought producer Jenny into it is because when he wrote it, Jenny and I lived together at the time, and Jenny, is, she was an acting major in college, and Jackson sent this to me to like proofread for a class, and he was like, "Oh, I wrote this short excerpt of a play. Can you maybe read it and have Jenny read it and give me notes?" So I didn't even read it, and I sent it to Jenny, and I was like, "Oh, do you mind reading Jackson's script?" And she sent it back to me, and she was like, "This is the worst thing I've ever read." So. With that, you said you want to be Derek. 
I do want to be Dara. Should so, I read the stage directions? Amy can read the stage <laughs> okay, directions. Okay, great. I'll be okay. John then. All right. We'll Act- do this as long as we feel like it, I guess. <laughs> All right, sounds good. Act one, John wakes up from bed. Bruh, that party last night was insane, dude. I got so baked. I didn't even get a phone number from that one girl I grinded. That's why we have social media. Tinder's not, I can't even do this. Tinder is my best friend, Derek. Create me an account, Johnny Bravo. Five minutes later. Okay, man, here's how this works. You tap yes or no. If both of y'all like each other, you will be matched and it will be sexy as hell. Derek finds a match. What the hell, man? I've never even met this girl. That's the point, That's D-man. The point. Speaking of D, it looks like she wants it. <laughs> Dude, first of all, you gotta update your profile. You are looking kind of stupid. How so? Well, your clothes are out of style. So 2008. This is 2014, home slice. You gotta <laughs> rock out your looks with the Sperry's or the Timbo's. You also gotta put on the new button-down shirts you got from your mom the other day. <laughs> Uh, have you seen those? She bought all of them in weird bright colors. I'm sure neon green is a start for broadening your sex life. Alright, let's actually focus. This girl's actually very hot. She only lives a mile away from campus. We share 53 shared hobbies and interests. This one might be a keeper, but I need to meet the future flame. Let's also work on your vocabulary. You can't talk like a high schooler anymore. You're in college now. Huge difference. You want this girl to be interested in you. After that, you hit the bed and go to town. Let's talk about the sex later. <laughs> oh, I can't. Bro, I'm being completely serious. Steve Carell had this problem a couple of years ago. <laughs> uh, I cannot. Dude. No, um, this is amazing. And he submitted this for a college class. Like, oh, he turned this God. in for an assignment. Oh, my God. Good. I mean, I appreciate wow. the effort well i mean it's a satire right I yeah mean, yeah no, i think it's a story about how jackson lost his virginity oh no he definitely wrote this much before that oh happened. bless his little heart huh, not sorry. to give away jackson's personal life um an angel he is an angel i feel like we should post this on the website like the full transcript yeah, I think so for sure. He, want, he wants that. He yeah, seemed he like he that. wanted it. Yeah. I mean, he wants, yeah, he clearly wants to be internet. He said, have your fans follow me on Instagram yeah. at your delicious. I'll let the fans figure out how that's spelled. Uh, Anyways, wow. Hot takes. That's really special. I really am. I really need to check this adulthood okay. email more often. He seems really funny. He's yeah. Funny. I'm interviewing him. When I, I'm going back home this weekend, so Jackson. We're getting some internet listeners. Yeah. Hot take. So anyways, that that is just special. Awesome. So awesome. campfire. Campfire. It's feeling warm. Uh do you what do you want to start with? I have three things, but we can I can only do one or two if and save some. They're not all time sensitive. Yeah. Let's do one of yours. Well, I think the first one is actually was also one that you had, um, and except I found something else, and it has to do with this satirical piece that was um, published in the New Yorker. Oh, it's real funny. I liked it. Things uh, millennial grandparents will say, and it's by uh, Marissa Maciel. Excuse me, Marissa, if I'm saying that um, incorrectly, and it's really funny and. you know, we'll post it so you guys can see it. But uh, for example, it says things like, I didn't fight for free health care for you not to get your checkups. Uh, are you getting enough huck, to huck, eat? Huck, 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 huck. Let me look at your Instagram posts. Uh, <laughs> I had a lovely conversation with the navigator on the self-driving bus this morning. Uh, we both have the same first name, Madison. And it turned out there were four or five other Madisons on the bus too. Hmm, sounds like a weed allergy to me. (laughs) So anyway, that's, it was really good. But the reason I have a follow-up to that, um, which is another article, this one from McSweeney's, which is a really 
fun comedy um, satire site. But this is called And God Created Millennial Earth. Um, and again, it just starts uh, the beginning of the end. Uh, Genesis with the S, the final S as a dollar sign, one. Um, and then it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Hashtag creation goals. Hashtag earth is bay. Uh, two. Now the earth was formless and basic. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the spirit of God was low-key hovering over the waters. I'll just read, like, one more. Uh, three. And God said, let there be light. And it was lit AF. Um, sorry, the next one is good, too. Uh, God saw that the light was so extra, so he separated the light from the darkness for aesthetic. And then bragged that it was hashtag no filter. Um, so it goes on like this for pretty much the entire book of Genesis for, like, 31 things and that's then, amazing yeah it's pretty amazing um so but I guess what I wanted to say and I want to hear your take on uh both pieces but I think what I I enjoyed these because they were light and funny and they made me chuckle um but I also feel like it's ultimately I wish they weren't titling I wish they weren't sticking in that word millennial because I don't really think what they're sat, sat satirizing mm. um it's what's going on right now in 2017. It's not really a satire of the full generation. So True. And, said, and, and I just think that, and I think you see it a little less in the New Yorker article, because I think some of those things that they're making fun of gently are really a little more universal, but the God created millennial earth article is hysterical. And that's by Sarah K Reynolds. If anyone is interested, um, it was published this about the same time as the other one. It's just so, it's also on trend that I don't really feel like it's actually a great satire of um, the generation. So do it right, Sarah. But I also really like your work. You're awesome. Thanks. Um, so anyway, that was my thought on both of those. So Maddie, what do you think? I agree with that. I um, I read the New Yorker one. I hadn't read the Genesis one, but that's really funny. It reminds me, there's like a internet thing. That's basically, like, it's a similar thing, but it's for, like, bro culture, where they rewrote the Bible, but it's, like, like, the church is, like, a gym, and it's, like, a bunch of guys, like, pumping iron. I'm not doing it justice, but it's funny. So there, there's a lot of satire like that, and I, I, I agree. It's, it's not so much talking about the millennial experience. It's talking about, you know, 2017, and I think it goes back to even what Amy was talking about earlier and what we've talked about with previous guests as well where older millennials don't even realize that they are millennials and that people my age who are in their early to mid 20s are really at the end of the generation like we're the youngest sort of cohort and so all of this youth culture quote-unquote of today all the like hashtags and like whatever that's even that I'm like too old for that kind of a little bit you know I kind of speak in that way to be funny, but I I don't really post on Instagram a lot, except to update the Camp Adult on Instagram, which you should all follow. But um, I, I feel like it's more of a satire of youth culture, which is not even the millennial generation. It's something completely different, so... Yeah, it's still unclear to me what a hashtag is. <laughs> so, that was one thing that Shay... Yeah, Shay told me. Oh, yeah. So hashtags are used as a sorting device. So if you... Oh, yes. Yes. So if okay. you want to uh, look up anybody who's posted about, like, black dogs, then you would look for hashtag black dogs, and that's how you find it. Oh, um, that's so, easy. Yeah. So it's actually really helpful, but then people really get out of control with it. I've seen some of them that are, like, really long and weird, and I'm yeah. just like, this doesn't that make sense doesn't of what you're make posting. Sense. And it doesn't actually work. I think that's why I was confused. Yeah. But, like, so for example, I posted a thing that had hashtag camp adulthood, and then an actual summer camp for adults followed the camp adulthood Instagram. Huh. Okay, yeah. then. So yeah. they must have been searching for... Yeah. Camp, adult. Camp adulthood, right? Like, how else would they have found us, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, probably they tashed in, ha- like, hashtag camp adult, you know, ADU, and then it popped up. Because we are so trendy. Populated. We're trending on Twitter. Not really. Um, I'm trying to think of what else camp adult would be. 
Like camp adultery. <laughs> Just like the Ashley Madison summer camp. That's actually that's actually what we're doing here. That's our side biz. It's making great money. We love it. We love it. Um, awesome. Okay. What's next? So my hot topic was it's not so much I guess I could have done this as my millennial moment of the week too, but I wanted to more so, instead of just sharing the story about my life, I wanted to get opinions from a millennial perspective on this. So we've we've talked about this in previous episodes. Um, my boyfriend is staying with me. And... Is this the bunk beds again? No, not the... I'm not bringing oh. up the bunk beds again. I mean, we could ask Amy about the bunk beds, but pretty much everyone we ask is like, <clears throat> it's a terrible idea, so like, whatever. But... Um, he i'm basically living the dream of like having a housewife and i realize why guys in the 50s were like hard pressed to give it up because like it's pretty great great. yeah so i basically like text him in the morning like right now so to preface this for everyone he is like in the process of looking for a job he like just moved to new york right so this is not gonna last forever I totally realized that. But for the time being, it's nice. So he's in the midst of looking for a job and he's applying to school and getting that all lined up. So he has a lot of downtime during the day. And so I basically just like give him a list of chores and like things to do. And he does them and it's really delightful. And then I come home from work and I'm not stressed. And I also have a nice companion in my home that I used to live in alone. It was kind of lonely. So, I just wanted to get the perspective on that because, like, in an ideal world, like if I had if I had a job where I made enough money to support both of us, I'd be down with like continuing the arrangement so much so that like he had his own life and his own friends and like ways you know to be in the world, of course. But um, in terms of having like one partner that stays at home even when you don't have children kind of into it so just wanted to get thoughts on that yeah I mean I think that that like in this beautiful ideal world is lovely this idea that you know you can have a one-income household and either the man or the woman can stay home and you know the partner who is not working is contributing in this really valuable way by no collar work there's blue collar there's yeah. white collar and there's no, no collar exactly. <laughs> so I think that's really lovely, but I think it's when you start to unpack it, there's all of these things that come up both about, you know, femininity and feminism and the working woman, um, and then about masculinity and what that would mean for a man who, you know, if he just was like, yeah, I'm a house husband, you know, I'm a stay at home husband. Like what, what would that mean for him as he did try to build his own life of hobbies and, and whatever. But do I think it's personally problematic for you, Madeline? No, because you are excited for him when he gets his job and then you'll have two incomes and you can just get a cleaning lady. Truth. Real talk. Person. I'm sorry. I think it's great. (laughs) (laughs) I think you, I think you are Right to be happy. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Also, good talk. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you check in with Corey and you're not going to just be like, do this, man. Yeah. You know, like, if Corey were unhappy, you would be like, okay, like, let's make a different solution. I think people forget that running a household, is, you know, Fucking especially hard. a complicated household is yeah. it's difficult. I mean, at least a household... I don't know what demographic you're plugged into. I don't know you that well, but I mean, I'm guessing that running a household in that is, is can be hard with all of the, just like doing all the chores and like all of the, I don't know, taking care of like vehicles and like errands, errands and insurance yeah. and like, it's a full-time job. Yeah, for sure. Doing all of that. I think for that sure. people don't get enough credit or give enough credit. Yeah. For that matter. For sure. Cool. Uh, awesome. So for Amy and our new listeners, we had a launch party like a little while ago and um, to kind of get 
people in the spirit of submitting topics and millennial moments and things for us to discuss um, or just stories that they wanted to share. We had uh, a physical embodiment of what we hope our inbox, our email inbox will be one day. And we had people submit things. So I have the cards with me and I'm going to pick one at random. So hopefully it's a good one. If not, I'm going to discard it because I have that power. All right. A random card. What does this one say? It says, I work for the NYC government and my boss asked me to make memes for a public campaign. Good, good statement there. How do we feel about that? Memes from the government. What is a meme? I don't, I know Hannah explained it to yeah. us on a previous episode but i don't really know i mean i think a meme is you know it's uh, let's look it up we there you need, go we don't even need let's producer. Not guess. while you're doing that the person that submitted this put their twitter on here i guess for us to shout it out so at r y y y so three y's dash n-o-t so i guess it spells rye not submitted oh, this i don't know who that person is but you get a shout out. Thank you for oh, submitting. Just do internet meme, not regular. I was just going to okay. say a meme. Wow, yeah. that's a much longer <laughs> definition than definition. I thought it was. Okay. <laughs> An internet meme is an activity, concept, catchphrase, or piece of media which spreads often as mimicry or for humorous purposes from person to person via the internet. I feel like Jackson is a human embodiment of an internet meme. Is that yeah. accurate? I think so. Just um, his presence on Camp Adulthood, not Jackson as like person in the yeah. world, but his Camp Adulthood yeah. presence is a meme. Is a meme. Um, it says bad sensations tend to grow rapidly on the internet, and then I'm adding in AKA going viral uh, because the instant communication facilitates word of mouth transition. Um, some examples of a meme include posting a photo of people lying down in public places called planking, or uploading a <laughs> short video of people dancing to the har- Harlem. Whoever wrote this is not a millennial, I think. Media is hilarious. No, not at all. <laughs> Um, and the concept of the internet meme was first proposed by Mike Godwin in the June 1993 issue of Wired. This is all coming straight from Wikipedia, so don't quote me. Um, anyway, so... Yeah, it's all good information. It's, it's, it's all those funny little pictures that you see with, like, funny little quotes, and then people take them and kind of, um, they kind of mutate as they go from person to person. Some of them are really good. Some of them are really good. Um... Like, we really enjoy, I personally really enjoy the Joe Biden and Barack Obama. Oh, my God. That's one of my favorites. Best friend. Oh, that's yeah. one of my favorites. So, uh, but should the government use them? I don't know. I mean, why not? Why not? If you're looking to connect with a younger audience, and we know that millennials are not as engaged in politics as they should be. And Can we please do something to fix that? Yeah. Let's do memes. If that will help. I mean, Donald Trump uses Twitter more than anyone else, and that is considered, like, millennial filth. So... Yeah. You can live your dreams at any age, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, I love that. Oh, very interesting. All right. Any last things we want to discuss before I plug the social media again? Um, I think that's good. Thank you, Amy. Yes, uh, thank you very much, Amy. Emily, for behaving yourselves. I behaved myself. Yeah, Amy. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, so tell us where can our internet listeners find us on social media? And should they rate, review, subscribe, and listen on iTunes? Unless they're a trash human, yes. Yes. Um, Yeah, I'm going to say in order of importance, important thing number one, uh, rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Any rate, any review, any subscription, really great. Second thing, email us, hello at Camp Adulthood, um, longer stories, we call Jax now when he emails us. We don't have to use your full name if you do not want that. But we would like submissions. Um, thing number three, at camp underscore adulthood on Instagram and Twitter. The Instagram, we're like chugging along. It's going great. Pictures are fun and interesting. The Twitter, it's really not going so hot, guys. Like, if everyone who follows us on Instagram which I know you guys also have Twitters, followed us on Twitter, it would be much more, you know, balanced, and I could put fun stuff on the Twitter, too. So uh, definitely do that. 
at Twitter, and she always tweets at John Mayer. So maybe John Mayer will be excited. I do. And recently, I texted Shay and producer Jenny about this. Um, John Mayer follows podcasters. I have since figured out. And he also watches Rick and Morty, which if, if you guys don't watch Rick and Morty, I don't know if you guys watch it. Shay and Amy. I've never heard of it. It's delightful. And I realize <laughs> that John Mayer also watches it. So yep. my internet stalking has reached a new high or low point, depending on who you talk to. I think that's a high point. Excellent. All right. That's all I have. Shall we think, sing our delightful theme song? Okay. Ready for the theme song. One. Two, three, go. Do 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 do